It's time to start rallying around America's young conservatives and explore what it means to be a young Republican in the 21st century, in a world where it seems like everyone under 30 must be a liberal. These are the stories you haven't heard before from the voices of America's young conservatives. So let's find out what it truly means to be raised right. So I am here with Mike Lothar on the Raise Right podcast, who I'm super excited to have on. He's been a very active member of Turning Point. We met back at a block party at Turning Point. I like am super inspired of all he's doing for the conservative movement. So hi, Mike. How's it going? Hello, I'm doing great. Um, like Rayleigh said, my name is Mike Lothar. Um, I'm from Dana Point, California, it's like southern, close to San Diego. Um, and I'm the founder of Puka, which is a patriotic surf brand. And the mission is to raise awareness for ocean pollution, revitalize love for American freedom through monthly beach cleanups, education, and supporting our veterans. I give, uh, 10% of profits back, uh, half to ocean Institute and half to wounded warrior project. Um, it's kind of on hold right now. I'm doing a bunch of stuff in Los Angeles, making my own label, new clothing coming out, all made in the U.S., sustainably crafted, ethically sourced. Um, so that's, a, you know, it's a process, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. That's great. How long have you been doing it? When did it launch? Um, Puga, the idea and first shirt order has been around since October 2019. It's a little over a year and a half. Yeah, that's fairly new then. That's exciting. What was kind of your motivation then to just start something like that? Well, I am always around the ocean. I surf, I lifeguard, getting into paddling. Um, I've, I think to right now, I've been to the beach like 40 days in a row. Um, so I love the ocean. I love caring about it. I love sea creatures and, um, down here we wear a lot of surf brands, but a lot of these surf brands are just too like earthy, I guess, too like granola head, soy boy, like <laughs> just soft, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to wear that like I surf and stuff but I want it to be like you know a little more alpha I guess mainly just yeah. more surf so um I've always been I've, I always have had a deep respect and support law enforcement firefighters veterans which I feel like is kind of a common sense thing if you live in this country you should um so, and then, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, I had seen that that support had gone down drastically. And this is before any of the, you know, recent stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to combine those two passions, the ocean, America, and, and create something that doesn't really exist, which is a patriotic surf brand. Um, it's not tech. It's really not like a political brand. The political side's more just myself. Mm -hmm. Brand though is just love for America, 
patriotism, something that is completely falling off. Right. Yeah. Those are just my two passions and that's why it's going to work. I love it. That's great. So does Puka stand for anything or how'd you come up with the name? So Puka is my nickname. Um, these shells are called Puka shells. Um, Puka is the Hawaiian word for hole, like dig a hole. Um, and I can show you, let's see, I think I have a Puka shell in here. Um, so, you know, those little like cone shells? Yeah. Those spiral ones. Yeah. So this is actually one of those. Uh, it's like a little white shell. Oh, this hole in the middle is natural. Um, so you can see it more this way. It looks more like a cone, but you can see the cone used to be down here, spiraling down. Um, and then the tip part broke off. This is just from being eroded in the waves and stuff. And um, this hole that is naturally created, uh, oops, <laughs> you know, they wrote down, they smooth out, and uh, you can see on the inside there's a little. That's so cool. But um, yeah, so that's how the word puka came for the shell. Mm -hmm. I've been wearing it a long time now. It's my nickname, and I thought it was just fitting, catchy, short. Yeah. Easy to remember, unique. That's awesome. So you have you grown up in California your whole life then? Yes, I have. Um, born in San Diego, moved to Dana Point when I was three. So yeah. Yeah. Back <laughs> home. How yes. hard has it been for you to be a young conservative in a place that you know just seems like it's like the home of liberals? Ah. Uh. Well, to be completely honest with you, um, not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's so the, the weather, everything is great here. Um, it is definitely, you know, after being at uh, some of the conferences coming home, just like even the gas pumps go slower because of the environmental <laughs> stuff. Um, but the masks are pretty much gone here now. You don't have to wear a mask here anymore. Um, during October and November, going into all that last year's stuff was pretty tough, but there were, there were rallies almost every day. Um, definitely in a little red bubble where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I don't think I could live in Northern California. Or yeah. LA. Doing a lot of work in LA, just being there, dealing with people there is not what you want to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I could see if you were in one of those liberal hotspots like San Francisco, just, I'd be gone. No way. But where I am, everyone, I, my whole like circle is pretty much at least sane. Maybe we don't agree on everything, but they're not this woke stuff that you're seeing everywhere. Um, right. that hasn't really infested where I'm at. So happy That's about good. It. Yeah, because I think most people, when they think of California, they think like everywhere in California is just super, super blue. Not, not true. Not true. California is a purple state, honestly. Um, there's a lot of voter fraud that goes on here from just what I've heard from people mm -hmm. here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we just recalled Newsom. It passed. He's going to be recalled. So... 
Yeah. It's not as bad as you think. We're, we're turning it around here. <laughs> good. That's good to hear. For you growing up, how did you come to appreciate, you know, the military and our, and our police so passionately? Was it something you were taught or how did that come to be? Um, definitely some upbringing of just, you know, respecting people of, you know, authority and who serve the community. Even shoot, when I was in school, as a kid, always learned to respect um, police officers, firefighters. Unfortunately, that's not really the case anymore. But um, just even 10 years ago when I was in the third fourth grade, that was that's what you learned. You just learned it in school. And when you put it that way, it's crazy to see how well. So was there ever a time that you remember that you, you know, were just true to yourself and your and your values and got met with some serious opposition? Yes. Um, I was driving by the beach. Um, I was flying an American flag and a Trump flag that I had. I drive a Subaru, you know, the most liberal car there is. <laughs> Um, You're from California. California, and... <laughs> I surf. I drive a Subaru. Don't match. Yeah. Don't match the brand, but that's why I like I'm it, right? I'm the perfect liberal. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what show you're on, right? <laughs> I, I am aware. Yeah, I still okay. eat meat though. Um, <laughs> I built this PVC pipe pole. I got like I went to Home Depot, got this ten foot PVC pipe. I cut it. Um, and I put it on my, I flex taped it to the back of my car. Um, and it stuck up like eight feet and I had two flags on it, two, three by five. So it took up a solid amount of space. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to like rewire it and I shoved a copper wire in there because it was super wobbly. But anyways, driving with this eight foot, you know, float going down PCH Pacific Coast Highway, and I pulled into a, one of our beach parking lots, and I had the windows down. It was an early morning, minding my business, and this homeless-looking dude came up to my passenger side window and actually spit into the car. Um, he didn't hit me, but he hit, like, my passenger seat and my console, and I was like, wow, that was not a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> like... Even though he didn't spit on me, it wasn't like the being spit on part. It was like the the message behind that, I guess. Like, wow, you're really going to spit on me just because of a political view? And that's kind of what turned the tide a little bit for me. It was just like, wow, there are some very tolerant people out here. Yeah. Uh, that's when I started getting more involved, I'd say that day um, yeah. yeah usually when people you know have that that experience they either become even more blazingly conservative or they kind of like lock themselves up become a yeah. closet conservative so why did you you know decide to become more you know passionate about it rather than the opposite um well it was fun all those rallies were super fun um just a great group of people everyone was so happy um, especially during just months of lockdowns. Um, it was just great to be around people again. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and we all had the same, you know, beliefs. And I, I learned a lot too. I was learning a lot about, you know, different politicians and going into all this. I didn't even know what <laughs> Turning Point USA was until like I was invited to SAS by Prager Force. <laughs> I had no idea what it was. So it was just kind of like this, oh, I'll, I'll keep learning, getting involved. And um, I've, I've kind of slowed down on Instagram a little bit. I was pretty over the, like way into it for a while, but um, I just want to make sure that Puka and my political stuff is separate because you mm-hmm. can't really have a business that's super hyper one side. Right. You know, it's nonpartisan. We all know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep Puka to the patriotism and myself to the, America first and the Trumpisms. And- <laughs> I love yeah. it. That's awesome. So talk to me a little bit about your involvement with Turning Point USA. I know you're a speaker for them. You've come to a lot of different yeah. yeah. So uh, like I said, found out about them about <laughs> seven months ago now. Um, oh, maybe eight. Um, haven't really heard about them for that long, but I went to SAS in December of 2020 super fun um were you there i wasn't no oh, oh i wanted to this is before you know i really got involved with them too so really really yeah. okay so we're both new yeah. um, <laughs> i met a press lady her name is carolina galvin she listens to this shout out love you <laughs> um and she heard about me, she overheard me talking about Puka to just like some, one of my friends in the overflow thing. And she was like, we need to get this everywhere. I'm like, okay, I'm down. <laughs> so she took me inside and took me back to VIP. And I met like everyone up the chain of um, turning point, you know, pretty high up to like Jake's or uh, to Charlie's assistant, Jake, I think is the highest oh. one. I met a bunch of people, made a bunch of friends, and um, my name was just kind of getting passed around. And um, my whole thing was like, why isn't anyone talking about like environment? So I liked what you said, you know, that a lot of young, like our generation cares about the environment, but it seems to be like this blazingly liberal cause and conservatives just care about the environment and we're cold hearted and just want to loot everything. So how do you kind of you know, combine that and say, no, look, this is a conservative issue. It does matter. And, you know, keep it kind of like, like free trial. So yeah, you don't have to be, you look at the statistics. Um, under the last four years, we dropped our emissions after leaving the Paris Climate Accord by 7.1%, I believe. I think that's accurate. Fact check. 7.1%. That was pre-COVID. So like basically when Trump was elected to, you know, so three and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, 7.1% and the rest of Europe dropped by about 0.1. That's everyone in the Paris Climate Accord because why would you pay a trillion dollars a year to be part of some non-binding uh, agreement? Trillion a year. That just sets out some guidelines about, you know, conservation and it's uh i actually saw a prager u video on this it was if 
The U.S. followed every regulation of the Paris Climate Accord for 100 years in a row. We'd lower our we'd lower global warming by 0 .3, 0 0.03 degrees. Wow. So 0 0.0003 per year. That's not worth a trillion dollars. No. Um, and I just started getting into this and I was like, well, I'm definitely not a liberal, but I definitely care. Like, um, start going more into this and it just went down this whole spiral into like sustainable fishing the U.S. honestly is one of the most conscious. I guess we we have the most moral, like consciousness when it comes to fishing and overfishing. You go to Asia and they're slaying sharks and just for the fins and uh, leaving them to die. They're still whale hunting. Bycatch is ridiculous. We we um, commercial. Uh, non-safe unsustainable commercial fishing practices cause 600,000 pounds of bycatch in just whales and dolphins a year bad so you got to support um, you know small businesses small local fish markets that do um, you know hook and line and basically the sustainable method of fishing. And it's more going back to, oh, what does the fish market have today? Rather than, oh, I need my tuna, you know? Um, it's getting back to that um, living off the land rather than, you know, making the land supply demand that can't always be met. I think a lot of people just kind of think that, you know, we don't like, we talked about don't care about the environment, but when you look at the facts and look at the statistics, what Trump did and what conservatives are pushing for usually is for the better, right? I mean, and there's more we could be doing. Yeah. I think plastic pollution needs to be more prevalent in everything. Um, the US makes up about 1% of all plastic pollution, China and Indonesia alone make up 33. Wow. So we're doing, we're doing pretty good, but um, I think there's more things we can be doing, beach cleanups, um, but most of this stuff is in the water, so. So what was it for you? I mean, obviously anybody starting something brand new like that is gonna be scared and terrified and not know what to do. So how did you get the ambitious mindset to just branch out and do it? I just did it. I mean, that's really it. I'm just going for it. Um, the cleanup I hosted right before I went to SAS had one person come. That was tough. That was really tough. So I was kind of like barely talking about it at SAS. Like, oh yeah, I have this thing. But, you know, it's just kind of, that was a year in. So it was like, it's kind of hanging, you know, I have it, but um i introduced like i got introduced to this community that you know loved it and now it's you know picking up some steam and now when i talk about it people are totally involved in it and they just want to be a part of it even if that's just following on instagram so it's more of a movement i'd say like a patriots coming together to 
care about our oceans. Um, um, that fuels me and I have goals that I'm hitting um, and setting for myself. And I'm not trying to rush this process either. I'm kind of like going slow with it, I guess. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm 19. Like I don't need to make it Amazon next year. <laughs> right. Um, I think letting some pieces fall in place, um, I think will open my mind to more rather than I got to get this done now, 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 because I'm not ready for a launch yet. It's mm -hmm. not my next summer. I will be, but right now I'm not. And um, I think finding like living life based off of your passions is the best thing you can do. Um, you know, these people that are miserable or hate their job. I mean, get a job that in something that you love or create a job in something that you love. That's what I did. And I, I surf every day because I love it. And I'm morphing my life around what I love. Therefore I'm stoked on life. That's what it means to be stoked on life where you get up in the morning and go, Oh my gosh, I got to do this, this, and this. And I'm happy about it. Like I work and I'm happy to be there happy to see people say hi um be a happy person that comes back to knowing first knowing your values some people don't even know their passions mm -hmm. you go to college to find them and they just become wise you gotta ground yourself however you do that that's up to you but that's important so you've obviously found you found your niche. You're happy with what you're doing. You're killing it. And like you said, some people just feel stuck. They feel like they don't have a purpose. They feel like they're not, you know, really passionate about anything. What advice would you give someone that's in that situation to kind of find their calling? Never pass up an opportunity. I'd say, um, for example, this was in like my first podcast episode but um once lockdowns happened and everything shut down i knew a lot of people who went on unemployment and unemployment uh at the time paid 648 a week yeah it's 800 right now so there's a there's an unemployment crisis here yeah. uh, anyways so 648 a week and i instead got a job at uh, John's Fish Market in Dana Point Harbor, which is where I learned a lot about this sustainable fishing stuff, actually being there, working with fish. And um, I learned a lot. I, like I said, I learned about fish. I learned what it's like to work in a restaurant. I'd never done that before. Customer service. I learned to be a server, all this stuff. Um, and now I look back on the people that were on unemployment, <laughs> they were kicking my ass. They were making twice as much money as I was, but um, I gained the experience and I definitely matured being there. I look back at them now and they're just either more entitled, less motivated to do anything. Um, so I'd say take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way. And if you don't think there are any opportunities, make them. There's always a way to learn something new or get a new job. 
if you're not happy, don't settle, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so I do like what you said about the entitlement thing, because I feel like our generation, especially, probably more so than any other, is just very, you know, entitled to things. They think they should be given a college degree and they should be given, you know, unemployment. Right. And how do we combat that? Um, no, the big I'm going to add in first, the one that irks me the most is these people think they're smarter than everyone that came before them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think combating that really comes back to, you know, honoring your um, parents again. I mean, I'm a Christian. I know not everyone is, so. I don't, I think, I mean, for me personally, God's important, but um, I know everyone can't say that. A lot of people in California too. So I don't know. I mean, I I would love to see everyone find that appeal, but honestly, I just don't see that happening. So I I can't say that. Um, But I would say bringing back just respect for elders at the very least or respect for people who serve the community going back to firefighters parents grandparents um people need to go back to learning from them because Mm -hmm. they have more experience the entitled 20 year old whatever who works at a coffee shop i get I know some great people that work at coffee shops, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that, that think they know the whole world. Um, it's been, you know, taught in schools that, oh, you don't need, you don't need that. They're wrong. They're racist, you know, mm-hmm. and the amount of times I've been called a racist is beyond me. But yeah, going back to learning from those who have experienced more and, um, working for what you have, getting a job at 16, being responsible for something, um, chores, punishments, consequences for your actions. It's kind of gone. It is. So that's what I'd say. I love it. I think that would fix a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that just really boils down to having a moral system right and having that you know for us we're instilled by our parents and by by god and i think that's so important for parents out there that are listening is to really instill that in in kids because you know you get to be 16 17 it's like you're past the point of really learning that you have it or you don't yeah and so it's important to bring that back into schools and family and i think family Yes, bring back the family. And so many people just get obsessed with climbing this corporate ladder and having to be the biggest and the best. And if they're not, you know, number one, then they're irrelevant and they have miserably failed, which just creates a culture of very unhappy people um, who are dependent on handouts. And so create your own ladder. Yes. (laughs) Do your own thing, find your own purpose. Yep. All good things. So if you love your country and you love the ocean and your, you know, beautiful land that we have, follow Mike, follow Puka, some good stuff going on. And yeah. uh, 
definitely have him on again to kind of talk about that everything stuff because there's a lot there to unpack. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy this episode of Raised Right? Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to catch the next episode. And be sure to like and follow us on Instagram at Raised Right Podcast and Facebook and Twitter at Raised Right Pod. Podcasts by Federated Media.